There was a massive boom over the weekend in Washington, D.C. And no, it wasn't just Joe Biden falling down again. <laughs> Although that's the first thing I thought. Oh, what's up? This is Mark A. Saves the Republic. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. We've got another great week of shows uh, that we're planning right now. The Mark A. Show starts at noon Eastern, 11 Central. We hope you tune in. But in the meantime, man, I got to tell this. It was it sounded like an explosion. A lot of people were like, what is that explosion in Washington, D.C.? Twitter started blowing up with explosion in Washington, D.C. Massive boom, bang, was crash heard. And uh, it was actually a very sad story in the end. The sonic boom were the, uh, well, that was the sound of the F-16s being scrambled from Joint Base Andrews. And they were intercepting a Cessna that had flown kind of, you know, awry. When you're, when you're in Washington, D.C., there's no airplanes allowed uh, around the Capitol building. In fact, the um, Potomac River is the only place you can fly down the Potomac River to Reagan Airport. But once you look at the Washington, uh, D.C. area, no planes can fly over. And, and I lived up there for it's a really weird feeling because, you know, anywhere else you live, you hear airplanes. They're low flying, they're high flying, whatever. But when I lived up in the Maryland area in D.C., there were no planes flying. And it, it's a bizarre thing to experience. Uh, once I moved to Jacksonville, once I moved to Florida, I mean, there's an airbase right down the road and there's just planes all the time. In fact, I think I can't prove it, but I think my house may be the turnaround point for training exercises because I always hear <laughs> I looked at the map once and the uh, the runway from the airbase is due west of my house. And I think what happens is these people, they fly, uh, you know, the air, the uh, the uh, naval officers, whatever, they fly up into the air. They go a straight shot toward the ocean. They fly over my house, turn around, fly over my house again and come back uh, because there's so much. there's so much. Activity. I shouldn't actually say that in case somebody and I ever need to move and like sell my house. Um, I want people to think it's nice and quiet. But anyway, so there's that going on. But in D.C., there's none of that. So when you hear a big boom like that and you see these F-16 scramble, everybody freaks out. The Capitol's put on lockdown. Uh, the White House is put on alert. And the reason why was because a Cessna plane that was also unresponsive. They were trying to communicate with it. No, uh, no communications with the plane was flying over restricted airspace. Um, and they intercepted it and they, uh, unfortunately watched it crash. And it was a, um, it was an airplane carrying the family members of an NRA executive, according to the New York post, uh, the prominent MAGA donor and wife whose daughter and granddaughter were killed along with two other people in a private jet crash reportedly faced another tragedy almost 30 years ago. So this, this woman lost um, her daughter and her granddaughter, it looks like, in this plane crash. And it was a really bizarre story. Anyway, we're, we're following that. And we will, um, well, you know, the two F-16 jets were scrambled, setting off sonic booms when the unresponsive aircraft crossed into restricted airspace over the Washington, D.C. area after it turned around during a flight from Tennessee to Long Island. The fighter jets saw that the pilot of the doomed Cessna had passed out. The jet had departed from Elizabethtown Municipal Airport in uh, Elizabethtown, Tennessee on a flight to Long Island. It reached Long Island long before making a U-turn and heading toward Virginia. The Cessna appeared to be flying on autopilot before it descended at a rapid rate. Uh, then it slammed into the ground in a rural part of the Shenandoah Valley. Again, uh, this woman, Adina Azarina, Azarian, pardon me, Adina Azarian and her daughter died on the crash. Uh, daughter was very young. Anyway, it's very sad, very sad story. Uh, but that's what that boom was over Washington, D.C. Um, over the weekend. Now, there was another boom over in Ukraine. I don't know if you heard about this, but Zelensky, President Vladimir Zelensky, 
admitted that he fears a Donald Trump comeback in 2024, and he should, because all signs point to Donald Trump coming back in 2024. Right now, when you look at the primary polls, when you look at what's happening with uh, in Iowa, when you look at what's happening in New Hampshire, when you look at the other candidates and how they're, I don't want to say they're floundering, but they're not, you know, they're not popping really. Ron DeSantis is not popping the way people thought he would. Uh, Nikki Haley and it just got beat by Vivek Ramaswamy. Tim Scott's doing okay. But on top of all that, they got a couple new contenders that are jumping in this week. We know that we know that former Vice President Mike Pence will be um, also, uh, you know, saying, hey, look, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the job. I was only vice president for four years and most of the base hates me, but I'm ready uh, to jump in and do this presidential thing. And then, of course, perennial favorite or I'm sorry, perennial candidate Chris Christie also is going to take another swing at this thing, because, you know, if at first you don't succeed or at second, you don't succeed or at third. I don't know. How many times has this guy run for stuff? It just seems like Chris Christie's always hanging around, uh, you know, not not winning. Um, so it so it makes sense that he would jump in, too. Those are both going to happen this week. That's the word on the street, which would balloon the the list of primary uh, potential candidates for 2024 to, I want to say, around 10 or 11. And I don't say balloon because Chris Christie's joining in, although that would be although that's probably it makes a lot of sense. Um, and what happens is those candidates who aren't Donald Trump are going to eat into each other. Uh, I mean, I've explained this multiple times. I'll, maybe one, I'll do it one more time here. Uh, basically, Donald Trump has a significant lead. Anyone else underneath him, they're all fighting for whatever's left over. And Ron DeSantis is fighting the hardest because he's the he's got the most ground to make up. He's the second most liked. He's the second in the polls. He's a distant second in the polls. But he's the only other viable candidate that a lot of people in the GOP think, well, is a viable candidate. Um, and every, every every other person who jumps into this primary takes a piece of his pie. They're not they're not eating Donald Trump's lunch. They're not taken away from Donald Trump's numbers. They're taken away from Ron DeSantis. They are doing DeSantis dirty. And every person who joins this race uh, helps Donald Trump in the long run maintain his lead. And we're starting to see that again, as I said, with uh, Nikki Haley's numbers floundering, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, spiking a little bit, um, you know, and, and now with two new candidates, it's going to be it's going to be fewer votes for the second and third place. Um as they try to as they try to steal that audience. Anyone who wants Trump doesn't want anyone else. Trump's base is Trump's base. It's going to be very difficult for Chris Christie or Mike Pence to peel off votes from Donald Trump. It would be a lot easier for them to peel off votes from Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, or any of the others. Um, so that's what we're going to be watching. That's what we're going to be watching for uh, this week. But Vladimir Zelensky over there in the Ukraine, he's watching this going, oh my gosh. I cannot believe Donald Trump may come back. That's horrible for me. Now, you have to think to yourself, why would it be horrible for Vladimir Zelensky to have Donald Trump back? Donald Trump literally went on CNN for that CNN town hall. And he said, and he repeated again with Sean Hannity, he said, I can, so, I can end this war in 24 hours. And he goes, I'll end, when I'm elected, I'll end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. If it weren't for me, the war never would have started. Now I'm going to end it. One, give me one day, the war will be over. Now, if you're Vladimir Zelensky, you would think that that would be a great thing. Oh, the war is going to be over. Fantastic. I can go back to not being president of a country at war with Vladimir Putin. I can go back to being president of a country where people aren't dying every day. I can go back to being a president of a country where you know, bombs aren't going off and I don't have to beg people for money and for weapon systems. In fact, that's exactly what he's doing. He's using Donald Trump's poll numbers. He's using the 
the the threat, if you will, of a Donald Trump comeback to beg the United States for more money. He's using the threat of a of a comeback by Donald Trump to beg the United States for more Patriot missile systems. He is so scared that Donald Trump is going to win and bring peace to the nation that he's begging Joe Biden, please load me up with missiles now. I got to keep this war going. And why wouldn't you? I mean, look, if you're Vladimir Zelensky in the last two years or last year and a half since Russia invaded, you have gotten more money. You've gotten more fame. You've gotten more notoriety. You've gotten more support. You've got, you know, you've met more world leaders. You've been at the Oscars and the Grammys. You've been on the cover of Vogue. You're an internationally known superstar when it comes to world leaders. And you're filthy rich because we all know what happened with the money. We all know what happened with the money to Ukraine going there. And then Ukraine, we all know what happened when they invested with, uh, you know, the guy, what's his name? You know, they got Sam Bankman freed and then Sam Bankman freed donated money to the Democrats and the money just went into a, it was a great big. It was like a great big circle of cash over and over and over again. It went. And why would you want to give that up? Why would you? I mean, there's no reason to give it up. If you're Vladimir Zelensky, you like war. You're understanding that war helps you as a person. It helps you as a president. It helps you as an international figure. And it helps you financially. It's a lot of what you, you know, the Democrats here have known for years. And a lot of these Republicans, these war hawks in Washington, D.C., they all get a piece of the pie whenever there's wartime. That's why they're never, that's why they, you know, that's why they're not hype on ending wars. Donald Trump is like, look, let's just get some peace going and we'll rebuild economies and we'll make money the old fashioned way. They don't want any of that. They don't want, Vladimir Zelensky fears that Donald Trump will come back in 2024. And he knows if Donald Trump comes back in 2024, the money gets cut off. He's seen it before. Donald Trump is not corrupt. Donald Trump is not one of the elite. Donald Trump is not one of the swamp. He's not an insider. Donald Trump is not going to play the game that Joe Biden has played. Donald Trump is not the guy that rolls into Ukraine with a billion dollars of taxpayer money and says, hey, fire the prosecutor who's investigating my son. That's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the guy that says, you know what? I love you, but you need to do this on your own. And if I lend you money, you have to pay it back. That's no fun. Vladimir Zelensky wants handouts. He doesn't want to hand up. And that's what Donald Trump offers. So he's petrified. So he goes to Joe Biden and says, give me more Patriot missile systems. Uh, he admitted his concerns in the Wall Street Journal about the possible reelection of Donald Trump next year, saying that he was unsure how exactly the Republican leader would have reacted had Russia invaded during his presidency. Fun fact, Russia would not have invaded during Donald Trump's presidency. And Vladimir Zelensky knows that. But uh, that kind of, you know, that's not going to get him. That's not going to get him. That's not going to make him any friends. The Ukrainian head of state also praised the response of the Biden administration, which has regularly handed over billions of dollars worth of weapons and aid to the Eastern European nation since Moscow's invasion began last year. This is never bite the hand that feeds you. Vladimir Zelensky praises Biden and fears Trump. Why? Biden gives him money. It's the same way why young voters flock to Joe Biden, because they want their student loans to be paid off. They want to uh, live rent-free without their landlords throwing them out during COVID. They want somebody to hand them welfare money and SNAP payments and everything else. Joe Biden is buying the support of uh, Ukraine just like he buys the support of everyone else. And it's no different. If, if other world leaders are afraid of, a, of Donald Trump because they're going to get cut off, that's a good thing for the United States of America. You don't have to worry about the debt ceiling anymore. You don't have to worry about uh, outrageous government spending 
You don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about billions of your dollars going to Ukraine um, instead of going to secure our, our own national border uh, with Mexico. It's all going to turn around. And when Zelensky looks at these reports, when Zelensky looks at these poll numbers, when Zelensky looks at the field of uh, alternatives, when Zelensky looks at Joe Biden falling down, I mean, think about that. Joe Biden falls down on his ass at the Air Force commencement. And the next day, Zelensky's like, oh, my God, Donald Trump's coming back. I mean, it's what everybody in the world thinks. It to it's a it's a direct correspond. It corresponds directly. Joe Biden stumbles. He falls. He looks weak. Donald Trump's poll numbers skyrocket. Skyrocket. The world looks around and goes, Donald Trump's coming back. How does that affect me? And Vladimir Zelensky knows it does not affect him well at all. He's going to lose his cash cow. He's going to lose his weapons. Uh, the good news is that he may actually end the war, but he may not even want that anymore. And that's what, uh, you know, that's one of the problems with being, uh, that's one of the problems with being famous for being, you know, a military leader. Uh, anyway, we'll have more of that coming up a little later on today. There's some more woke news too going on. This basketball player, Jonathan Isaac, he plays for the, uh, I believe the Orlando Magic. He's starting an apparel line that is anti-woke. It's really bizarre. Usually athletes don't start anti-woke lines, but there's a lot of athletes out there who are Christian. A lot of athletes out there who have uh, different ideals and morals as to what um, their team and their sport should be promoting and their league. And he's one of them. He goes, look, I don't like any of this stuff. I don't like the, the, the woke stuff. I'm starting my own anti-woke brand. And um, it's coming out in August. And he's made a big announcement. It's very exciting for people. Uh, but of course, he's getting blowback. He's getting blowback for being anti, an anti-woke athlete. He's a black guy, you know, basketball player. And people automatically assume you should just you should just kowtow to the left and you should just follow what we do and not complain about it and definitely not bring attention to the fact that we are woke by starting an anti-woke brand. But that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, it's called Unitas. Unitas. And it's going to uh, come out in August. We'll have more of that coming up here, uh, like I said on the show. And then there's one more story that I was following uh, that I wanted to share with you. And this is James Comey. James Comey, I have these clips, by the way, James Comey is going, was on with uh, Jen Psaki. And you may remember James Comey, the disgraced, lying FBI chief, the guy who was in the tank for the Clintons the entire time, uh, took notes to, you know, tried to, tried to frame Donald Trump for these, these bogus lies and whatnot. Um, really one of the, probably one of the most corrupt individuals in our, in our nation's history and led the FBI for so long. James Comey was on with Jen Psaki and... <laughs> He, he endorsed Joe Biden, okay? Now, if you're a liberal, I guess this is a good thing. If you're Joe Biden, you think this is exciting. But for everyone else, we know the truth about James Comey. We know what a lying, cheating, rat bastard he can be. So for him to come, he basically said, it can, no Republicans, it can only be Biden, which means not only is he corrupt, but clearly uh, he's in the tank for the Democrat Party because he wants nobody but, but Biden. There's not a single Republican out there that he would trust in the position of president except for Joe Biden. And a lot of that is because he knows, again, look, when somebody who held such a high ranking position, uh, when somebody who, you know, has been part of the Washington swamp for so long, when there's somebody who's worked with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and the Bushes, um, when, you, when Donald Trump is an enemy of this person, you know that they're going to be in the tank for Biden. You know, they're going to want Joe Biden, nobody else. And the reason is because they know, just like Vladimir Zelensky, if Donald Trump comes back, they have no protection, zero protection. They're done. Vladimir Zelensky and James Comey both fear 
the return of Donald Trump because they're both going to lose something. Vladimir Zelensky is going to lose his fame, his fortune, his weapons, maybe his war, maybe his life. Who knows? Probably not. James Comey is going to lose his freedom and his credibility. And really, those are the only two things he has left. So I'll play you the clips from that interview with Jen Psaki because she's she's angling to become the new propagandist. Uh, I mean, of of all time, especially with the major announcement, by the way, of Chuck Todd leaving NBC's Meet the Press. I don't know if you heard that, but we'll bring you that story, too. Uh, there's so much more going on today as well. We'll give away some free stuff. Join us at noon Eastern for the Marque show. And we stream on all kinds of you know platforms and networks, whatever. And of course, you can hear us on the radio on any one of our Katrina Radio Network radio stations. Uh, download this podcast. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to follow. We want to know. We want it. We want you here every single day because we're going to bring you the information. We're going to bring you the stuff you need to know. We're going to bring you the deets. We're going to lay it all out for you so that you know who's attacking us. So you know who our enemies are. So you know who our allies are. And so you know how you and me and everyone else can save the republic.